And I'm going to read a slightly different translation today. And it is the one I put in the computer. I may add a few more words. This Bible has a few more words than... Um, I'm going to read from the Amplified Translation. And so it's this beautiful translation that kind of gives more words, more context, more definitions at times to what we're reading to help us hopefully better understand, better grasp. It's one of my favorite translations to go to. It's Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Therefore, my dear ones, as you have always obeyed my suggestions... So now, not only with the enthusiasm you would show in my presence, but much more because I am absent, work out, cultivate, carry out to the goal, and fully complete your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling, with tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ, not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So there's a whole lot of different ways we can go with those verses. What we're doing still in this month of September is talking about what it is that we believe, who we are as St. Matthews. And today... We're going to talk about the value of growing in the faith. And as I was sitting with that value and sitting with those verses, I came upon this quote uh, by a Christian ethicist. His name is Stanley Hauerwas. I just, I really like his last name. It's kind of fun to say. But Stanley Hauerwas wrote... Um, this quote and reflection on Philippians, and it's a quote that I want us to, to, fra- to use to frame today's conversation. Christianity is to have one's body shaped, one's habits determined in such a way that the worship of God is unavoidable. So once more, Christianity is to have one's body shaped, one's habits determined in such a way that the worship of God is unavoidable. Now when we talk about growing in the faith, we talk a lot about being in the Word of God, prayer, coming to worship, being a part of a Sunday school class or a small group. We talk about lots of different spiritual disciplines. And the thing that I I kept coming back to in my head um, 
is a lot of these words that I kind of cringe at of need and should and ought. Do you ever again this mindset of I need to be reading the Bible more? I should be doing this more. I ought to be serving a little more, but I don't. And it becomes like this mindset. I was talking with a college student this past week, and all she kept saying was, I need to be doing this more. I should be doing this more. I ought to be doing this more. And all I do is feel bad about myself. Anyone else there? I I know I can get there more. Like when I fall out of the habit of some things, I start using those needs and oughts and shoulds, and I just, I feel guilt. And the guilt leads to shame. And then I just want to sit on the couch, curl up with a blanket, eat some cookie dough, drink some coffee, and put on a movie. Also, I'm the youngest with two older brothers, so I heard need and ought and should a whole lot growing up, and I was very stubborn. Maybe it's the redhead in me. Who knows? We hear those words a lot in church. And as Christians, sometimes we can fall into those habits of using them when it comes to the the spiritual disciplines, things that we do to grow in the faith. I don't want us to use that language. I want us to talk about the wise. I want us to really, each of us, be be thinking about and feeling within our hearts the whys of why we do these things. Because for me, the why changes it. It removes the should, the ought, the need to. It makes it something I want to do. It shifts my focus. So, the why. Why do we do these things to grow in the faith? And the first word I always think about is love. Like when I think about scripture, I moved houses this week. And so my mind's a little bit in chaos because I don't know where most of the stuff is. But... I did this one thing. I set up this little room, and it has basically just plants in it. It's a small little room and a chair. And that's my space. I grew up always knowing that every house we moved to, one of the first things my mom did was find a space, and that was her space to to read her Bible and to have time with God. I grew up knowing where each of those spaces was in our homes, where my mom would have her time. And I always knew what I'd find in that corner. So I think about my mom when I think about why why faith matters, why doing these things like prayer and reading scripture and having time with God matters. I think about my mom growing up sitting in that corner of the house. I think about my aunt. 
this Bible is always in that corner for me. When she died, uh, any of us who wanted one could get one of her study Bibles. And so I love this Bible because I can open it and I can find her markings. I can find her highlights where she's written notes to herself, where she'd stuck sheets of paper from worship services that she loved. I think about the encouragement that her faith gave her throughout her life. I also think about this woman, her name is Margaret Smith, and she was my, I think it was fourth and fifth grade Sunday school teacher. She also taught me how to make Play-Doh when she would watch me. But Miss Margaret, she didn't have None of us in the class were her kids or grandkids. She was a retired school teacher. She just wanted to be with us. She was one of two Sunday school teachers I remember throughout my life. Not just her face and her name, but I remember some of the lessons that she did with us. I remember that she is one of the first people that made me love scripture because one day she just came in, handed each of us a Bible and a box of colored pencils, and that Bible was ours. The colored pencils were ours. And we opened to Genesis 1, and we started going through the Bible. And with our orange colored pencil, we would circle every time we'd encounter a name for God. And we would then take the green and draw a square around every verb of action, everything that God did. And we would just slowly go through scripture with her in fourth and fifth grade. I had that Bible for years until I lived in a house with mold and the mold took that Bible. But I had that Bible for years, and I still, in my mind, remember some of those Sundays with Miss Margaret sitting around the table, me and three boys, two of us were Aaron's, two of us were Andrew's, so I'm sure that was really fun for her. And she would just go through the Bible with us. Or when I think about why I also think about those, those memories. All of us have those memories from throughout our lives of times where we have felt in a dark place or we're struggling with something. And a song or a piece of scripture spoke to us in such a way that it felt like a hug. I think of Psalm 23, and I think specifically of, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Or I think about Isaiah 43, this, this passage of scripture that when I was leading um, a high school girls' small group in college, two of the girls within five months lost their dads unexpectedly. And so we would sit in a McDonald's 
or in the Coldstone Creamery in Hattiesburg or wherever we were, and we would sing the song that goes with that passage over each other. You know, when you pass through the waters, you'll not be overtaken. For I am the Lord your God. I am with you. I have called you by name. You are mine. There's this beautiful song where you sing it over each other. And every time I hear that song, every time I read that passage of scripture, I remember those girls. I remember those places that we would be. I remember just the hope that we would all have, the promises, God's promises that we would sing or speak over each other in times of deepest need. Or with worship, I think about last Sunday, I spoke about all, all the reasons why I, want, I wanted to find a church in college. It was because of all the churches I've been a part of all of my life who loved me. The why of why we come here on Sunday mornings, what worship does for us, the feelings of, of nearness to God, of having community. Those whys, all those memories, all those feelings, all those people over the years are the why of why I want to read the Bible, why I want to come to worship, why I want to find people to pray with and for. When we think about the whys, When we think about the, those people and places of love, it changes the conversation of why we read scripture, why we pray, why we come to church, why we try to find a community. Because we want to have those memories, we want to have that love with us. We know the experiences of God. It changes everything. We have all those memories, all those people, those, those ways that have made us love God, love the church, love the word. And they stay with us. The more that we talk about them, the more that we give space to remember them, it helps encourage us to make the time. But the other thing, the other thing other than why, other than love, it's the word I couldn't, well, came with another word. I kept thinking about practice and I don't really like practice. But the word of cultivate, that's in the Amplified Translation, of cultivating our faith, cultivating what it means to be a Christian, of growing. Psalm 93 speaks about those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. 
will have life. Most people will say that it takes us 30 days for our practice, for something that we're doing to become habit. And so all of us at different times in our lives need these resets. Whether it's being in the word, whether it's regularly praying, whether it's serving or finding community or coming to worship, all of us need resets at different times in our lives. So it's also, when I think about grow and when I think about cultivating the faith, I think about, can I commit to 30 days of doing one thing, not trying to do everything, but can I commit to 30 days of saying, I want to read one passage of scripture a day, or I want to spend 10 minutes with God in prayer. I want to write one letter a, a week to someone on the church prayer list. I want to do things to make these habits part of who I am. Can we commit to making the time to being intentional, to doing things that will grow us in the faith so that we can know life, so that we can have those memories and encounters of love that we can carry with us throughout our lives. That college student I was speaking with this past week, she started walking me through her schedule. I mean, she was almost in tears. And she just kept saying, I'm such a bad Christian. And so we started looking at her schedule. And I said, well, what do you do? She's an art major. And I said, well, what do you do during this class, like when you're working on stuff? And she was like, well, that's my pottery class. She was like, and as I'm working on pottery, she's like, like today, this week, I've been thinking time thinking as I'm molding these blobs of clay into something not always quite beautiful and sometimes having to smush it down again into clay and rework it. Just like I keep thinking about how beautiful it is that God is the potter and I am his clay. And I looked at her, I was like, that's a spiritual discipline. And she looked at me and she was like, no, it's not reading the Bible, it's not prayer, it's not this, it's not that. I, was, I looked at her and I said, you're, you're doing something, you're intentionally thinking about how God loves you and is working on you. All of us have things in our lives that we're already doing where sometimes the best thing, the best habit that we can practice is being aware that God is with us. Like with my baking, I know that's one of Ants' favorite things is when I say baking is a spiritual habit for me. I have to focus and slow down and be intentional. That's one of the few times where I don't have like three to-do lists going on in my head. I only have one because I don't want to make a mistake. 
All of us have things in our lives that we are already doing where all we have to do is take the time to realize God with us. And if you're a reader and you want a good book, I'm going to recommend Liturgy of the Ordinary. Or is it Everyday Ordinary? <laughs> Dang it. It's in my head. It's a green book with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on the cover. The author is Tish Warren Harrison. She's an Anglican priest. Her other book, Prayers in the Night, is one of the most beautiful books I've ever read and makes me cry every time I read it. But Tish Warren Harrison, Literature of the Ordinary or Every... If you Google it or I'll post it later. But it is a book that makes you aware of God with us just brushing our teeth or making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. When it comes to being a Christian and growing in the faith, one of the best things we can do is remember why. Remember all the people and the memories throughout our lives that made us love God, made us love the church. And then we commit to, to practicing, to doing something regularly and when we miss it well guess what there's a new day one of the worst things we can do is give ourselves a guilt trip to start again remember the memories of the people the reasons why we want to do these practices try adding new practices 30 days to make a new habit. I've never done that successfully in 30 days. It always takes me like months because I always stop and fail and forget. And third, just look for God every day around us. That's one of the best habits we can form as Christians is just being aware of God with us and what we're doing, with who we're with, and being thankful. So today I encourage all of us to think about one way that we can grow. To maybe find a friend to hold us accountable. Or just to try something. And know that in cultivating these habits that, that we get to experience the love of God and the life in Christ that can't be found anywhere else. Let us pray. God, you are always right there just waiting for us to recognize you, to see you, to know that you're with us. And Lord, you're just waiting for us to, to come and to, to rest in your presence, to know you better, to love you more, and to experience what it means to be loved by you, to experience the truth of not just singing it, but knowing that you will never let us go every time we come to you. 
And so, Lord, just help give us those little encouragements to seek to, to know and to rest in what it means to be loved by you and what it means to spend time with you. And help us to just grow, to grow in who you are, to grow in your house so that we may know love and life like we've never known before. It's in your son's name that we pray and trust this day. Amen.